Hello, Milwaukee Bucks fans. Welcome to the Bucks and Six podcast. My name is Stephen Dorf, and alongside me is my co-host Hershey Winkleman. Remember to check us out on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Bucks and Six FFSN. But before we dive into some Bucks and NBA playoff talk, the Bucks and Six podcast is beyond excited to welcome back our favorite guest, Andy Dorf from Dorf on Sports. Welcome back, and how are we doing, Andy? Brothers, I am so happy to be here once again, chopping up the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. As Giannis says, they weren't failures. We may have to dive into that, what we think of that. But at the end of the day, I, I, I guess my word would be the disappointment of our Milwaukee Bucks. And then obviously I want to chop up uh, the NBA playoffs and talk about those teams that are playing a little bit, right? For sure, for sure. Yeah, and I think uh, I think one thing we do need to touch on just before you know we get into it is the uh, the coach Budenholzer situation. Um, I think you know we all we all know that it, you know it's a tragic uh, thing that happened with his brother. His brother died uh, tragically, and you know our thoughts and prayers are with Coach Bud and his family. And you know some things are just beyond basketball at this point. So you know we just like to get that disclaimer out of the way. But yeah, you know, Andy, I'd like to hear your thoughts on just, you know, kind of raw reaction on the Bucks loss and where do we go from here? Well, obviously, I, I want to say I'm, I'm going to piggyback you that, bro, on what you just said, brother, because at the end of the day, man, some things are bigger than than sports and more important. Um, but but I'm going to kind of look at it in a different light and I'm going to I'm going to share it with you guys as to maybe how I feel Coach Bud could have handled it. I know there was a lot going on in the guy's head, okay? Like, how can anybody deal with that situation? Uh, I've lost a parent. Like, it's tough, okay? So I can only imagine losing your brother. Like, that. that's – that. That there's something – the pecking order probably doesn't seem right is what I'm trying to say. So I, I can understand that, and I can – I can have the, the the soft heart and I thoughts and prayers absolutely to Coach Bud and everybody affected by that and obviously the whole Bucks organization. But but here here's what I'm gonna say, and I, I think it think it's an interesting thought on this. You know, when you look at some of the people in the past that have had some athletes like Michael Jordan, you know, being super ill. And again, it's not the same. And I, I you can't you you can't compare it, but 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 in a way you can. Because sometimes what I'm trying to say is when people have adversity hit them, sometimes, guys, they, they, they really respond. And to me, it could have been a spot where, where Bud just kind of just totally got into the Milwaukee Bucks and, 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 and how they were playing a really lousy series, right? And we need to make adjustments. And I think that ultimately, to me, that that – that, that was the disappointment. There, there were no adjustments made. And yes, I, I know that things were heavy on Bud's mind. But again, I, I'm going to look at it and say he could have got lost in the moment, right? Like for those three to five hours that he would have been out on a basketball floor prepping beforehand, afterwards, that could have been his moment where like everything that had happened to him and his family, it, it all got shut down for that that little time period. So, so to me, it was one of those opportunities where he he could have 
he could have looked at it and, and, and really made this something where he could have used that to fuel his fire. I, I think that that's really what I'm trying to say. And, and ultimately, again, man, it can go one way or it can go the other way. And, and this time around, Hirsch, it, it went the other way, unfortunately. So that, that's the first thing on Bud. And I, I, don't, I don't know if, if you guys have a thought like that, but, but you asked about the Bucks, okay? I, I guess I'm just really confused. And again, it, it a lot of this falls on Bud. I'm I'm sorry, but Jay Crowder, why why wasn't he playing more? We we made we made a bunch of deals. We made the trade to get the guy. I mean, we talked about it for four months. It fri- finally friggin' happens. And what the, the guy doesn't see the floor. He had DNPs for crying out loud. Javon Carter, the guy the guy was a beast on defense during the regular season. But the guy's on the ball pressure. What was missed? Okay, like. Bobby, Bobby couldn't get on the floor. You know, I, I, it, it bothers me. Obviously, I'm disappointed because I, I look at my my squad and I'm saying that, that they they were a mere shell of themselves, guys. I I don't recognize who they were against the Miami Heat. I really don't. And I, I know Giannis went down early in the first three games. Like I mentioned to you guys, he had played 11 freaking minutes. Like that 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 can't happen if you're going to win. Obviously, but. And adversity hits. So I'm I'm so disappointed that nobody, and it goes from from Bud to everybody. I mean, to to say that Cash was the best player out there, it's mind-boggling to me, to be honest with you. The the guy played 40 games all year, whatever it was. And and don't get me going on load management either, because it doesn't seem like in a lot of cases that it helps. So I'm really disappointed, Hirsch, about about the Bucks and 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 how they went about things and how they handled the pressure. Um, I'm going to relate this. I, I just want to throw this guy at this to you guys because I think it's interesting. We saw a really bad collapse by the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, an epic collapse. Giannis used the way he used to to, to describe it, and and I. I can understand that, okay? I, I get it. it. It's cool. But I, I, I don't necessarily have to agree. And, 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 and he can say what he wants, and, and it's valid. It, it is absolutely valid. But, but I want to ask you, let's compare this to something, okay? So, so now I want you guys' opinion on this. Hirsch, I'm going to start with you. The Boston Bruins lost their hockey series, right, in the first round. They, they, they had a better season than the Milwaukee Bucks. They, they had a record-setting season in the NHL. The Bucks were the best team record-wise, but we, we all knew they were flawed, okay? I guess Boston was flawed, too, at the end of the day. But, but, but ultimately, which one of those was a bigger choke? Was it the Milwaukee Bucks losing to a, a play-in team, right, for the first time in NBA history, or was it the Boston Bruins losing a seven-game series where they lost one, two, three games on their home ice, Hirsch. So uh, in your mind, which was a bigger choke? I mean, they, they both seem like epic collapses. And, I, I mean, I'm not a huge hockey fan, so I, I haven't been really keeping up with the Stanley Cup. But, yeah, I did see that the Boston Bruins lost their uh, first-round series. And in my opinion, I still would have to go with the Bucks. You know, losing, losing to an eight seed like that in that kind of situation – you know, winning, being up in the fourth quarter in both of those last two games and simply failing to score offensively. 
I mean, it, there was just so many things that happened in the Buck series, which I would say was a was one of the biggest collapses I've ever seen of any of, of any team. It, it was just incredible. Look, I think what the collapse was, guys, and Stephen. I mean, I, I I heard I heard you guys addressing this in, in a past podcast. When you're up double digits in the fourteen in the fourth quarter, right, and you can't hold leads not once but twice, um, there's something wrong with that, guys. Like there there is something drastically wrong with with how the Milwaukee Bucks went about closing the games. Uh, they they just let Jimmy Butler abuse them. One man, one one man, guys scored ninety eight points in two games. One man, Jimmy buckets. I, I can't even believe it. The dude basically put up a, a a whole game for 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 two by himself. Nobody had any business guarding that guy. Okay, and and I I know I, I heard in the presser, Stephen. I don't know if you did, but I, I heard in the presser, Giannis was questioning why he wasn't getting the opportunity to guard Jimmy. And, and I, I think, okay, so I want to throw this at you because I, I know that we're all, we're all in the same feeling. We all think Bud's got to go, okay? And look, it, it's okay to say it even though his brother passed away. It, it, he, he failed to do the job, okay? And, and again, hearts, prayers, thoughts, everything with him and the family – it, it it obviously affected him. But here, here's the thing that only matters. And I said this to you guys in a text a while back. The only thing that matters, Stephen, is what Giannis thinks, okay? And if Giannis loves Bud, then everything we're saying makes no difference at all. But I think there was something telling in that presser because it sounded to me like he was a little disappointed and a little bit upset that he didn't get that opportunity, Stephen. So with that being said... I think it's very likely that when all the dust, dust settles and everything kind of calms down and everybody can breathe and take a breath from all this, I think the Bucks should move on from Bud. I really do, Stephen. Yeah, no, I mean, I so after the game, I didn't get much sleep. I was pretty upset, disappointed, but... I uh, stayed up and I listened to that, uh, both Giannis and Bud's pressers. And um, with Bud, I mean, I initially was just like, oh, this guy sounds really, really sad. Like he just lost his job. I mean, you can clearly tell knowing what we know now that, I mean, he just wasn't in the right head space. And it makes me question, should he have maybe taken a leave of absence over, you know, such a tragedy? Like, I get that it's the playoffs and, you know, maybe his job was on the line this series. So I, we don't know this, but maybe just maybe he could have taken a leave of absence. Um, As for, as for Giannis with the whole talking about who he wanted to go or talking about guarding Jimmy Butler, some of, or part of me actually thought that it was a Drew Holiday problem too, where Drew Holiday's ego maybe got in the way and was like, I want to guard this guy because I was the best defender. He, Cause he, he mentioned that he talked to Drew about it. And that he said, Drew, I'm there for you if I need it. Drew clearly needed it, but he didn't give he didn't give Giannis the opportunity. So I want to hear what you think on that. No, but but to your point, I think that that's interesting, right? Like the Bucks had three guys, not one. They had three guys that were top defensive guys and and in the running, Giannis, Brooke, and 
Drew, right? Like they all finished top 10 as far as that voting goes. Where was any of their defense in the postseason when you really think about it? And I think more so than anything with, with Drew, Bud handled it wrong, man. Like you, it, when you watch the other series, guys, first and foremost, you, you see adjustments, okay? I'm sorry, but I got to call it the way I see it. I'm looking at every other team play. They play harder, okay? I'm I'm watching Golden State and Sacramento, and by the way, that was a fantastic series, and too bad we're not lighting the beam one more time, and they're moving on, and we got to listen to freaking Draymond Green talk smack about we're ready to move on, this and that, and not yet, not so fast. Dude, I'm tired of that guy. But but that, but again, listen, I, I just feel like everybody plays with a little bit more passion. They played a little harder and and the adjustments were made by, by coaches. And I, I I just didn't see that. So so ultimately, if you're not gonna change it up with who's guarding him, right? Like you're gonna just leave Drew on him all the time, you can't leave him on an island. You gotta go double him, force the ball out of Jimmy's hands. And, and they just they just never did that. Like Again, and, and again, you know, we have to take it back to Bud was not in the right frame of mind, man. And I think, you know, you you bring up an interesting point with your leave of absence thing. Like, you know what? That that maybe that's what should have happened, actually, because dude was definitely not in it. Like his mind was not there. So so ultimately that that might have been we we look how many times do we see Steve, Steve Kerr did that when when Mike Brown was there over the years right I mean was it just because he felt so comfortable with a guy like Mike Brown there uh, which by the way he took him out of the playoffs too but but you get my point like you you do have to trust the process you have to trust everything about it and I think to to that point like like that that part of what Yana said okay I agree with it I I do agree with. There is a process, and, and you're building for things, okay? So so to me, guys, unfortunately, to, to a certain degree, I feel like this is a little bit broken at this point, Hirsch, and maybe it's time for them to reinvent it a little bit because if we don't, and I, I think that this is kind of where the conversation is going, is like what do we do when, when we decide what we're going to do or not us necessarily, but cash, what what he decides, what he wants to do with his player option. And I think he's looking for a long-term deal. I heard Drew on the other day, I don't know if you guys heard this, but I heard Drew say something about he's ready to retire after his contract in Milwaukee. I think it was on, um, ah, darn, I can't remember what podcast, but it was just on a podcast the other day that that, that I heard him say that he's fulfilled his career and everything. Does that hurt the Bucks' leverage as far as like actually moving him? Go ahead, Stephen. I mean, look, there there are some things we need to think about with the Bucks' future for sure, especially now with this collapse in the first round. I'm pretty sure that podcast uh, or the the Drew Holiday retiring thing was like a year ago, um, but I and it just got brought back in because of the whole Bucks losing, and you know, it's just it's good drama for the league, of course. So, but. As for what the Bucks' future holds, I mean, I, I personally believe that you you said that there's something wrong with this team, and I I do agree from a personnel standpoint that we have we have a, a superstar, we have an MVP in Giannis, but Giannis needs his guys. He needs a number two, and currently, I believe this team has two number threes. Great point. No, I I, I would totally agree with that. And here here's I I said this to some, one of my buddies because we always talk sports and and and. When you look at the league right now, okay, 
what what is what do you need? You need shooting. You need wings. You need youth, right? You you need an innovative coach that can get creative and 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 make adjustments. Um, so so what I'm trying to say is when you when you really think about it, from all the things I just said, do the Bucks have any of what I just said? To a certain degree, yeah, we have it with Giannis, right? But but other than that, and the only guy that wanted to take a shot was Cash. Like he looked pretty good, which is kind of scary. You know what I'm saying? Like he he looked good, he looked comfortable, and everybody else looked looked terrible. So I don't know if we have what you need in today's NBA, and it's 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 a different game that they're playing right now. You know, I'm watching the Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns, who obviously are the team that that I support and watch here locally with the Phoenix Suns. And game one to game two, guys, a huge adjustment, right? Game one, Denver was scoring at will. Game two, uh, these guys are going to struggle to score 100 points, right? So, so again, I, I adjustments were made and, and we didn't make them. I, I just, just. So disappointing on so many levels, Hirsch. Yeah, I mean, I think, and I think you made a great point kind of earlier when you were talking about, you know, that we did, that we simply don't have what it takes in in today's NBA. And you know, we we see a lot of teams getting out on the fast break, taking a lot of three pointers. Um, you know, it's a lot of run and gun. Let's get in transition. Let's attack the hoop, and then if that's not there, we're gonna kick to the three point line. And I, it seems like with, you know, and I think Steve's mentioned this a, a couple of times on the podcast, but the Bucks have like the oldest team in the league. We have no youth. Our, our only young like player with potential is Marjan Bochamp, who didn't really, you know, get, get an opportunity this season to really show what he can do. But um, yeah, you know, I, I think, I think that is a great point. And I, I think the Bucks will need to make some significant changes, but um. Let's take a quick break and we're going to come back, address some Chris Middleton rumors, as well as talk about the second round of the playoffs. You're listening to the Bucks and Six podcast. My name is Stephen Dorf. Alongside me, Hershey Winkleman. Got our best uh, special guest, Andy Dorf from Dorf on Sports, and we're talking some Chris Middleton rumors. Uh, you heard the stuff about Chris Middleton potentially uh, being moved to somewhere like Houston or I think Dallas I saw was interested in him as well. I've even seen the Los Angeles Lakers. Look, man, um, I think Cash is going to be looking for a long-term deal, right? So $40 million left to come back and join the Bucks for one year, right? So, so it just becomes a question of do they get the band back together one more time, right? Like that, that's how I'm kind of thinking about this. You, you got basically one more shot if you're going with Drew, Cash, and Giannis, right? And then I guess you'd, you'd probably have to bring Brooke back too. But but ultimately, what I think the Bucks need to do is I think they need to get younger. So if it takes moving cash, maybe you have to do that. And I, I know, Stephen, I know he's your favorite guy. I know a buddy of mine, he said the same thing. He's like, look, that that's my guy when I'm talking about the Bucks. And I know we got Giannis, but but cash, man, it's cash. And I I understand, but but – if you saw his lateral movement the way that I saw his lateral movement, man, he his best days are behind him, okay? I'm going to be PC about this, guys, right? Like, 
in, in my humble opinion, I think his best days are behind him. So, so maybe, maybe they can do some kind of a side sign and trade deal, right? Where, where you can get, get a little bit younger and like you're saying a Houston, because, because they've got a bunch of guys, right? Like that you could make a sign and trade deal with in, in that case. So I, I think what, what has to happen here is I think they have to have a meeting, right? And, and they, they need to do what's best for not Chris and the organization. And somehow, if it is parting ways, do it with class, right? Do it with dignity. But but ultimately, something's got to give. And I I don't know if it, if who has more value, is it Drew or is it Cash? I guess that's the real question, right? Steve, okay, Hirsch, go ahead. Who, who who's got more value in your opinion? Yeah. Um. Uh- my my whole thing with uh drew is i i don't i don't think drew's getting traded um when it comes to chris you know i i I do think what you said with the sign and trade is probably more likely than him opting back into that player option um i i don't see that happening really at all i think i think he either goes uh gets a sign and trade done and goes somewhere else on a max deal or he you know resigns with a multi-year deal with the box i think those are probably the two options we're looking at um when it comes to that rockets deal you know there have been jalen green uh rumors swirling around that um personally i i think that would be a good trade for the box if they could uh figure out a way to get jalen green for a middleton package um you know he's his he's super young he was the second pick in the draft he's shown extreme athleticism he's not afraid to go to the basket he's not afraid to, to shoot um and he's you know he's got a good outside shot as well and i think you know that youth um that potential that you know that, that stardust i think all that around jalen green could could you know rejuvenate this bucks team a little bit you you got a great point man i, I mean again i I would add high flyer. I would, you know, because of that athleticism, I mean, that, that dude is special, right? So I think, and I think you're onto something as well. Out of the two, I would, I would want to keep Drew more so than, than Chris. If, again, if I had to pick, I don't want to get rid of anybody, but, but we all have to realize that all good things come to an end at some point. I think, the writing was on the wall, man. After what happened in that first round, you, going down in fives, someone's going to pay a price. It someone someone's getting dealt, uh, and, and I think I think you're onto something there. And I, I do like his game. I, I think he's he's a fun young up and comer that that he can get in the wings. He he can get in the way in the passing lanes. I, yeah, I, to me, I I like that a lot. I, I really do, Stephen. Yeah, no, I've, I, I'm a big Jalen Green guy. I mean, yeah, second pick in the draft like two years ago in that really cool Cade Cunningham, Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley class. I mean, a bunch of young talent, Elpern Shangoon, uh, who's also on the Rockets with him. But Jalen Green, I'm I'm a little shocked that this is even a potential possibility, if I'm just going to be honest. I mean, you'd think a guy like Jalen Green being the second pick in the draft would would be valued a little higher by the Rockets. Here's the reason why it may not be, okay, because – what wins in this league too? Like it, it's it's a mix of having that youth along with a couple of decent veterans, right? So sometimes you got to give a little to get a little, and and that goes for for everybody. But but look, if someone wants to give away some young talent, 
I think the Milwaukee Bucks should be right there knocking on that door. Um, look, let me ask you this: if okay, if they go a different route with 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 moving on with a coach, who's your number one guy? Is it is it Nick Nurse? Go ahead, Hirsch. Yeah, I mean, I think the obvious and somewhat of the only answer is Nick Nurse. Um, you know, championship pedigree. Obviously, there are other like assistant coaches around the league and people that have, you know, had experience. But I, I really think that at this point, the Bucs need a proven championship head coach, not an assistant, not, you know, like a, a shot doctor or anything like that. We, we need we need a guy who's going to come in, who's going to make necessary playoff adjustments and who's going to, you know, command respect from the guys and command effort and all of that. Cause that's, that's honestly what we were lacking in, in my opinion. How about a Frank Vogel? Would, would, would he fit that bill as well? Would you guys be open to a Frank Vogel who won with the LA Lakers? Right. And then things kind of go bad a little bit. They ship them out. And by the way, I do, I, I do want to give props to Darvin Ham. And I, I mentioned something about this to you, uh, Stephen. I said, Darvin Ham, you know, he he had a team that was two and ten or whatever they were. They they turned it around, brother, and now they got an opportunity playing Golden State. But 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 that that's we'll get there. But but ultimately, man, that that Frank Vogel is another guy that 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 has that pe- championship pedigree. What what say you, Stephen? Well, with the Lakers, I mean, the reason the Lakers, in my opinion, uh, the Lakers, the reason they're in this situation they're in now is because their front office initially messed up, made it a little accident, and then cleaned that accident up this season by trading away the pieces that didn't fit for pieces that do fit. And now, I mean, it's a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and they're both healthy right now. So there's not much really to say about that, in my opinion. But uh, with Frank Vogel, I mean, he was the uh, coach for that Pacers team with Paul George, Roy Hibbert, George Hill, right? Or am I thinking of someone else? Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So, I mean, he's had past or some previous successes. I mean, realistically, you can say the only thing that stopped that team from getting to a finals was LeBron James on the Miami Heat. So, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to someone like a Frank Vogel, but I think Nick Nurse is definitely my number one target, considering what I've seen him do personally to my Bucks team. Yeah, I mean, look, dude, it, it'll be very, very interesting what happens, guys, in this offseason one way or another. We are going to see a, a different Milwaukee Bucks team uh, moving forward. I, I think, again, in my humble opinion, I'm going to disagree with Giannis. I, I look at it as an epic failure, an epic collapse. Uh, you were the best team. You you had home court advantage. But the path was right in front of you. I, I guess what's really crazy is when you really think about how it all got set up. Atlanta. I mean, dude, I, I think the Bucks were 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 cooked either way when you think about it, right? Atlanta beat Miami by thirty freaking points, okay, in their in their opportunity, right? And then and, and so so either way, I think both of those teams were going to play in Milwaukee extremely difficult, and it was going to be an eye opener for us about what we need to do moving forward. And I, I think ultimately, we've gotten a little tired of, of Bud. Uh, the way he operates, his, I think he's extremely stubborn. I think the dude just has to learn how to have more than one speed. Otherwise, you're just a one-trick pony. And it looks great in the regular season, guys. It, it does. It looks fantastic. 
but in the playoffs when when you've got to make adjustments from from game to game and maybe even quarter to quarter this guy just doesn't do it so i i, I so many levels like the ball was dropped guys didn't step up guys didn't play well the coaching was bad it just it just it just wasn't good so so you have to go back to the drawing board a little bit and that that that's the part of what I like about what Giannis said. So, so really do that. He needs to do that, right? Like, dude better go shoot free throws all freaking day and all night long for, for the whole summer. 10 for 23 is how he's going to remember his last game playing this year at the free throw line, right? Like, so, so, so again, in his words, he has to have his due diligence and dude needs to go work on his game. Like he's the best player in the world and he's so flawed. And after watching what Steph Curry did the other day, Hirsch, I don't know if he's the best player in the world anymore, but you know what I'm saying? Dude, I, I agree with you. If you go and work on everything that you were talking about, about this not being failure, then go get better at free throws, okay? Because if you make some free throws, the Bucks probably would have won that game, Hirsch, too. Like, again, so many levels of disappointment, guys. You're listening to the Bucks and Six podcast. We're talking to syndicated sports talk show host Andy Dorf from Dorf on Sports. Um, at the end there, you mentioned Steph Curry. Um, obviously, epic 50-point performance, Game 7 on the road against the Kings, shut down the beam. Um, hmm. And you know, we mentioned a little bit about earlier, too, about the Lakers moving on. Um, looking at this series between the Lakers and the Warriors, you know, we get LeBron versus Curry again, but just on different teams. Um, you know, this one might mean some of the most that we've seen in between these two guys going back and forth. You know, Curry's 35 years old, putting up some of the greatest performances of his career. You know, I... I I think this series is going to be extremely interesting. I'm excited. I think it's going to be very entertaining, and I can't wait to see what happens. I am right there with you, man. Like, sign me up. See, here's what's kind of cool about the Bucks not being in. In a weird way, we can, like, sit here and watch all these other series and just be relaxed. Like, I can watch Denver kick the Phoenix Suns' butt and just be relaxed about it because – now they're going to wind up winning game two and Denver is going to go up to nothing. So uh, Phoenix definitely has their back against the wall. And you, you mentioned Steph, you mentioned LeBron. Dude, come on. Like I'm tired of it, but I'm not tired of it. You know what I mean? So, so at the same time, like I'm ready to see those Sacramento Kings get to that level. They were really close. They were super duper close, but just couldn't reach it. And then, Steph Curry went absolutely freaking nuts. And I think that we're going to see some really, really good performances out of LeBron, out of Steph. And I'm, I've, I've said this to you guys in, in past podcasts, okay? So I'm really big on who can have the best player on the floor. And it, it's either going to be Steph or it's going to be LeBron. But then who's coming with them, right? Like, does AD join the party with LeBron? Or, or does Clay or somehow Poole, who hasn't played really well, or or Draymond, who I can't stand. I think he's dirty as all you-know-what. But, but at the end of the day, it's like, who's going to wind up having the two best players on the court? And then who's supporting cast 
is going to step up. Like, do you trust the Los Angeles Lakers guys? Do you trust the Golden State Warrior guys who have done it a little bit more? Like, Looney's playing great all of a sudden. And that's the thing, man. The regular season, guys, means absolutely nothing. The Warriors were a terrible team on the road, right? But they got a game. They won a game that they had to get. Then they went home and they blew it. Then they go back and they get another one? Come on, man. Like, the regular season means nothing. It's about stepping up when it, when it's important. They've got guys that got ice in their veins. This is going to be a fun series. I give an edge to the Golden State Warriors, since you're asking. Like, I give an edge. They, they, they've been there before, and I think that the slight edge with their supporting cast, that might be the difference. However, I do think this goes six or seven. I can agree with you on uh, one of your two things with that, that it goes six or seven. However, I personally am going to go with the Lakers in this series. Uh, it's it's as simple as the Lakers have LeBron James. I LeBron James is the best basketball player I have personally seen play basketball. I didn't grow up watching Michael Jordan. He was before my time. So, I mean, I've seen the guy make it to, what was it, eight, nine straight finals. I mean, he... The guy, the guy, when it comes time or when it comes down to uh, who can show up in the big moment and carry their team as far as possible. I mean, LeBron James is the guy I'm picking in this sport. Yeah, I, I look, we're we're splitting hairs here, right? We're, we're we're talking about a guy that just did something that nobody's ever done in, in a game seven, right? Fifty points, the most ever in a game seven uh, on the road by him. We're talking about LeBron James, who you're alluding to i think he's been there 10 times if i'm not mistaken to the finals he's won four of them um we're talking about two of the greatest players to ever play the game bro so so like you can't go wrong picking one or the other hopefully we get six or seven great games of basketball like that's really all i care about and and ultimately I don't like Draymond Green. I'm going to be letting it known here on your podcast, on the Bucks and Six podcast with Hirsch and, and, and Stephen Dorf. Listen, guys, I don't like that dude. I don't want to see the Golden State Warriors advance. I want to see the Los Angeles Lakers do it. You know why? Because in a weird way, I love what they did with that team at the break, man. Like, they got a brand-new team at the break. And, and for the first time, LeBron James successful being a GM along with – uh, Mitch Kupchak and the rest of those guys making those decisions. So, like, dude, finally did something right as a GM. Okay, go ahead, Hirsch. I see you're laughing. No, I just thought it was funny that you uh, that you said LeBron was the GM because you know there's a bunch of jokes on social media all about you know they call him a lead GM because he's always making trades and trading away the young guys. Um, well, like, like we know, dude, him and Russ didn't get along, and that that's why that's why he was out of there. Russ, he hated Russ and. Yeah, but he wanted Russ. But he wanted, he wanted Russ, but then he wanted to paint him. So, like, it's like well, you Russ, got what you wanted, and then you didn't want it anymore. It was weird. Yeah, Russ was just an awful fit from the start. I mean, like I said, the front office, or, I mean, the GM, whatever we want to call it, they made a mistake. They they shouldn't have even went that route in the first place. I mean, good for them. They fixed it. They did a great job fixing what they needed to fix. I mean, here, I mean, they're in the second round, about to play the uh, reigning champion, so... Hey, look at look at the, the Suns now down two nothing to Denver. Okay. Denver's a different team. They, they lost to the Suns, if I'm not mistaken, 
in four. They got swept in 2021, right? Last year, they lost in five or six, whatever it was. I think they got their number this time around. And the reason why, Jamal Murray's back to being Jamal Murray. The dude is, is back. And Porter's a hell of a player. Gordon is solid. Joker, we, we know what that dude brings. Their bench with, with old man Jeff Green. Like, dude, he's got hops still, guys. I, I don't – the guy can jump out of the building still. Uh, Brown is tough. Caldwell Pope knocking down threes left and right. I, I in a weird way, we've we've been we've been sleeping on this Denver team because they've had so much failure. And, and I think that this is a good lesson for the Sacramento Kings. You you knock on that wall a couple times, right? You you keep punching it. You, you can't get through it, and, and then all of a sudden you, you break through. And, and Denver might break through, guys. And in all honesty, I would love to see them break through because we have honestly trashed this Joker dude. We, we've said you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to win a championship, you got to get to the Eastern Conference. Like the guy wins MVPs, maybe he gets to the Western Conference Finals, maybe he gets to the Finals finally. Hey, how cool would that be, Hirsch? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely carry the same sentiment you do when it comes to the Nuggets. Um, now that the bucks are out and I kind of have, you know, my, my pick of the, of the litter to choose what team I want to support and root for, for the rest of the time. Um, the nuggets are right there. I mean, I, I agree that Jokic, you know, he kind of has to back up those two MVPs with success in the, in the playoffs. Um, you know, he's been, he's been to the conference finals before, but it was before his MVPs. And I think, you know, people really question whether or not he deserved those MVPs over guys like Embiid, over guys like Giannis. Um, and I think this is, you know, this is the year where if he makes it to the finals, he could solidify that. And in this series, you're right. I mean, the Suns definitely have their backs up against the wall. You mentioned how they were, how they made the adjustments. They were playing good defense, especially in that first half. They held them to 40 points. And the Nuggets ended up going on an 18-2 to two run in the end of the third quarter to – open the game up it, it I mean the, the I don't it, it doesn't seem to me like the Suns have the firepower to keep up with these high level elite basketball teams obviously they traded for Durant they have Booker but Chris Paul gets hurt and we know that he's not a reliable guy when it comes to down the stretch in the playoffs and Kevin Durant I mean of course he's a top five player in the league but you can't expect him and Devin Booker to both combine for 65 plus points every night and expect to have that and that be a winning recipe. Look, I think the real problem is, is those guys are just logging way too many minutes. You know, it's, it's too many minutes to go out there and play 40 plus every single night, uh, expecting to, to be able to, to handle that, that physical pounding and that, that wear and tear. He, he, Listen, Monty has absolutely, totally not believed in this bench from the get-go. They gave up so much to get KD when you think about it. Jay Crowder, who wasn't playing for him, right? Cam Johnson, who who was playing for him. Mikel Bridges, and a lot of picks, okay? Like, if it doesn't work out this year or the next year, guys, I'm sorry, but... We're going to be talking about the Suns like we're talking about the Bucks, okay? Because they will have traded away their their future as far as draft picks go, totally investing 
in Kevin Durant to get them a title, man. Like, that's the thing. You, you can't chase titles, guys. Like, it, it really doesn't happen that often. And, and to a certain degree, that's kind of what I felt like they did here with, with bringing KD and the way they brought him in is they were chasing the title. They, 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 they felt like they needed to make a change here. Like, the, the fans were getting antsy. You know, pe- people were talking like, we're the same team. We're the same team. Well, they mixed it up, okay? I'll tell you the truth. They they really mixed it up, but they got rid of a budding superstar in Mikael Bridges. And I'll tell you what, Cam Johnson's a hell of a nice piece, man. Like, those two guys are ballers, and they're going to be around this league for the next 10 years. So they, they, they gave up a lot in order to get something either this year or next year. So in their case, I'm not going to say it's a failure if they don't win it or get to the Western Conference Finals. It's again. It, it's disappointing. It's really disappointing. But I feel like they they gave away so much that they they almost stacked the deck high against themselves to actually get it done this time around. So I'll be interested to see how it goes. I mean, look, Boston guys. I mean, Stephen. I saw I saw your text earlier. I mean, holy Sixers, right? Like, dude, no Joel Joel Embiid, and 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 for some reason. They, like, match up better, right? Again, it goes back to what I said to you. More wings. You, you need to, like, be able to have guys that can stretch the floor. Maxi, Harden. These guys were were flat-out balling, right? And James Harden, holy you-know-what. Dude, turn the clock back. I thought I was looking at Oklahoma City James Harden when I was watching him, Steven. So they played a fantastic game, and maybe Boston took them a little too lightly. Yeah, no, James Harden was, I mean, he put on a jaw-dropping performance. And, I mean, the craziest part about it is that the Sixers uh, upset the uh, Boston Celtics at home in the Garden uh, without Embiid. So what does that say about the Sixers team? I mean, are, is this team, and you were saying that you were, uh, people were bashing on uh, Jokic, you know, the past couple of years for, you know, taking some early playoff exits. Embiid's kind of been in a similar situation, I'd say. And do you think that this is maybe the year of the Sixer? I mean, with how well, I mean, Harden has looked like vintage James Harden. He looks phenomenal. Uh, I mean, PJ Tucker, we've talked about in the last time we had you on. Man, did the Bucks miss him? Six, I mean, he sets great screens, plays great defense. He grabs rebounds. I mean, he's exactly what you want in a veteran player. So Sixers are scary to me. Could you, I just want to add, could you imagine uh, a Jokic versus Embiid finals? That would be pretty, that would be pretty crazy for the, uh, for the big man era that we're in now with, you know, dominant centers. Oh, my bad. I, I had myself on mute there. Sorry, fellas. I think the, the good thing that we at least saw was Joel Embiid was able to get out on the floor, right, and take shots before the game. So I, I think he'll be back at some point. But But did they buy themselves a game? because they won game one. So maybe if they were going to bring them back for game two, maybe you don't have to do that anymore. Or, or do you get greedy? See here, here's another thought. Like, again, it goes to this coaching. Doc Rivers is a hell of a coach, right guys? He's playing without Joel Embiid. He put together a game plan. And and by the way, Reed has been fantastic in, in Joel Embiid's absence. Okay. Dude, dude is out there flat out 
giving him everything. He can block shots. He's make getting rebounds. Like he's a difference maker for him. So, so coaching guys, putting in effort it, again, it, I don't want to harp on it, but, but you're the bucks and six podcast for crying out loud, going back to it. Like the bucks don't have the same effort as any of these other teams that we're still talking about. Right? Like seriously, they don't. So, so you got to give credit where credit's due. The, 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 the Philadelphia 76ers played a, a really good game one. I, I think they bought themselves a game where they don't – if Joel Embiid is ready, give him a few more days. You, he earned it because your teammates went out there and, and bought you a little extra time. I don't know if you saw. This is kind of funny, and then I'll, I'll give it right back to you, Hirsch. But I don't know if you saw, but, but Tobias Harris – after they they won the series, right, and the, the last series I'm talking about, the, the first round, they they sweep the Brooklyn Nets, and he doesn't play, right, and and, and he says, what 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 did uh, what did you say to the big man, right, or what did you guys say? He said, uh, get your ass back out on the floor as soon as possible, right? Like like, dude, they they have that chemistry, right, and they, they can joke around because, dude, they're a team, and for some weird reason. The Bucks had that in the beginning of the season. They lost it, man. Like they they lost it and they lost it at the most important time. Whereas the Sixers, to, to your point, Steven, they're finding it at the right time. Like Boston has been no they like they, they have been known to give you a game or two. Like they do what they did here in game one. Will will they collapse? I I don't think so, but Philadelphia, maybe it's their time. I, I, I don't know, man. I just don't know. And I think we're going to see Boston respond, though. I, I really do. And, and you know, it's it's kind of the same with the Knicks and, and Miami. How the hell did the Knicks lose game one, guys? Like, is everybody going to collapse when they play the Miami Heat? Like, seriously. Like, that 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 is what happened to the New York Knicks when they played Miami in game one, I had to leave. So I left a little bit in, in the second half, first half of that game, like they totally controlled it. And then something happened. The lights went out. They, they Jimmy buckets started doing what Jimmy buckets does. Right. And he was getting some and ones getting guys involved. You can't let one man beat you. Okay. And I'll give New York a, a slight pass when game one, you know why? Julius Randle didn't play. And I, I do think that that that's huge. So Julius Randle has to be out there on the floor. But is everybody going to collapse on the Miami Heat guys? Like, seriously, Hirsch, is everybody just going to fall apart to them in the fourth quarter? Well, I think maybe the better question would be, does the regular season even matter at this point? Because it doesn't, it doesn't you know, matter. The Heat, no. the Heat were one of the worst offensive teams in the regular season. And – you know, I think during the beginning of the series, uh, with the Bucks and the Heat, me and Steve were talking about all the flaws that were that they had on their team and how we could exploit them. And yet they, you know, they turned into one of the better teams in the playoffs. And it doesn't seem like they're very, you know, it doesn't seem like they're gonna slow down anytime soon. Jimmy Butler, you know, he he got he got I think he got he's questionable for the next game. He got injured a little bit at the end of that one. But, you know, it realistically uh the heat you know it, i think we need to start asking the question of are 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 they just like better than we thought 
at this point? Are they like, are they legit? Are they a legitimate contender with Jimmy Butler playing at this level? Uh, yeah. I mean, the Heat last year where they were, they were the one seed and they made it to the the conference finals against the Celtics, took it to seven games, I believe. And Jimmy Butler again put on a Jimmy Butler esque performance throughout the entire playoffs. And when it comes down to it, when push comes to shove, the Heat have have two things that a lot of other teams don't. They have an all-time great coach in Eric Spolstra and an all-time playoff performer in Jimmy Butler. I mean, that guy is is ridiculous. I mean, I've seen this three times or two times now. I guess we swept them, but three uh, twice I've seen Jimmy Butler just destroy our team. So and do it to other teams too. So. Jimmy Butler is great. Spo is also great. I mean, it's just a great duo. It is a great duo. Absolutely. 1000%. And, and, you know, like I said about Embiid, maybe not having to play game two, right. For Philadelphia, because they got game one. Well, same situation, maybe for Jimmy buckets, you know, dude, you have been so good in the postseason, right? Like if you think about it, the two best players, in my opinion, Steph Curry and Jimmy Buckets this postseason. Those are the those are the two guys that have stood out the most to me. And I think Jimmy has earned a break. Like, dude, we got game one. We did what we wanted to do. You can use a couple extra days off. So I think Jimmy earned himself a couple more days off. And again, if I'm if I'm Doc Rivers. I think I sit Joel Embiid for game two as well. And I, I, I let him go back out there and let's, let's see if, if they made the, if Boston makes the adjustments. I mean, I don't know what Boston really needs to do better. Like they shot 74% in the first half. Right. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like they weren't, they weren't, it wasn't, they, they weren't playing well. They were, they just weren't getting the stops. Right. Like, so at some point you have to be able to play defense. And I, I, you you gotta want to, you have to take pride and want to get a stop, Stephen. Uh, on the Celtics game, I mean, though a thing I noticed is that Jalen Brown had he was eight for ten, and the fact that he had ten shots, I I don't think he shot the ball in the fourth quarter, and he was eight for ten. That to me, if he's your second best player, why why is he not more involved at the end of the game, crunch time? I mean, Marcus Smart put on an excellent performance. He had like ten points I think it was or whatever hit 10 points in the fourth quarter and he had a couple and ones and you know had some crazy defensive stuff but Marcus Smart at the end of the game had the ball with the last shot and essentially turned it over so why why is Marcus Smart having the ball at the end of the game why isn't Jalen Brown getting more involved why isn't Jason Tatum getting more involved at the end of the game what like what, what is Joe Missoula thinking there that that's kind of where I'm at Look, again, I think every now and again, the moment gets a little big. Guys make mistakes. We're all human, okay? So let's see how Boston adjusts. Let's see how they come back. I I, I truly believe in that team. I, I think they're – we were thinking the Milwaukee Bucks were the most versatile, complete roster, but ultimately I think the Boston Celtics have the most complete and versatile roster uh, Derek White has been phenomenal. Brogdon can be great, like you talked about. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, old man Al Horford. Like they, 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 they just got what you need. They, they have every piece to the puzzle. They, they just, they got a little complacent, man. It, it, it happens, guys, from time to time. So, so 
if they don't respond in game two, let, let's revisit this, right? But I, I think they're going to respond the same way that the Denver Nuggets knew that they couldn't let the Phoenix Suns get game two, that they couldn't let it be 1-1. So these other series, they've got to be 1-1. I, I, I fully expect the Knicks to come out swinging. I fully expect that that, that Boston is going to come out swinging. But they they both can't go down to nothing. And I, Miami's under man too. That that's what's even more crazy when you think about Miami guys. Like Tyler Hero's out too, and they're not missing a beat. Guys are step. Vincent is where the hell has Vincent come from? Right. Vincent has just been lights out. They're they're getting great play from guys when, when they need it. So I think to your point, Hirsch, the regular season is the regular season the postseason is a completely new season and you know what you can write your own new story your own new script right like so so to your point the miami heat were very average bro but but in the postseason they might be the best team in the postseason right now right so a lot can change man and, and it seems like it can change overnight the the postseason is what it's all about and and to your point earlier you said this and we didn't get too into it. The regular season, the NBA's got a problem, guys, moving forward. It means nothing. Who wants to pay for that? Who wants to go watch that? Guys don't play. Your team might be fooling you into thinking you they're better than they really are. Like, there, there's a lot of levels to, to the failure of what happened with the Milwaukee Bucks, the Memphis Grizzlies. Dude, that, that, that. It's good and it's bad all at the same time, if, if that makes any sense. But I do think the NBA has a real issue with the regular season moving forward. Shorten it. Do something to make those games more important, Hershey. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, Adam Silver and the league offices have been talking about adding more games, or if not more games, some sort of in-season tournament where players are going to have even more chance to get hurt. and. Yeah. No, we're going to see even more of the load management as we have before. And yeah, I agree. It just, it shows the deterioration of the regular season of the league. It basically feels like, you know, we play six months, six, seven, eight months of basketball just to wait for the real thing. So yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right. It does kind of feel like sometimes, you know, you can be fooled because things that you thought were you know, kind of set in stone all throughout the year, and you've seen it for 82 straight games, it, it it just goes out the window as soon as the other team starts making playoff adjustments. So, it's yeah, insane. Man. I think you made a it's, good point there, though. It is insane. And I, I know you guys got to wrap this thing up. So here's the good news. We got so much to talk about, so I can't wait to come back and keep chopping things up with you guys and – Y'all keep getting better and better, so it's an honor and a privilege to be hanging with Hershey Winkleman and Stephen Dorff on the Bucks and Six podcast, fellas. I'm I am freaking ecstatic. I I love hanging out with you guys. Yeah, and we'd uh we'd love to thank you for coming on again. Um, you know we're we're definitely gonna have you on more. Uh, we love we love chatting with you, but that's definitely gonna do it for today's episode of the Bucks and Six podcast. Uh, make sure to check out Andy Dorf on Dorf on Sports. 
Um, our next episode, we will continue covering these fantastic NBA playoffs, and we're going to look into more rumors surrounding the Bucks offseason as well. Um, I'm Hershey Winkleman. He's Steven Dorf. Make sure to like, subscribe, download, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BucksIn6FFSN. And always, let's go Bucks. Let's go Bucks!